There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Police arrived. They found the telephone the electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. It's kind of sweet when childhood sweethearts reunite and end up together. A woman was born on May 23rd, 1951, and after reuniting with her childhood sweetheart as an adult, they rekindled their old relationship. This would seem like a sweet love story if this couple wasn't David and Catherine Burney. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. David Burney was born into a deeply twisted family on February 16, 1951. A family known for its dysfunction, promiscuity, alcoholism, and incest. When David's parents asked a local priest to conduct their wedding ceremony, he expressed concern that their union could bring nothing but trouble. In the early 1960s, the Burney family moved to a different suburb in Perth where he met a girl named Catherine Harrison. But more on her in a second. David went on to drop out at just 15 and began working as an apprentice jockey at the Ascot Racecourse. While there, he began physically harming the horses as well as developing an exhibitionist habit. He broke into the home of an elderly woman where he was boarding completely naked with a stocking over his head and attempted to rape the woman. After this, David became no stranger to sexual crimes. These landed him in and out of prison with a slew of misdemeanors and felonies. When he was in his early 20s, he married his first wife, and the couple had a daughter. But marriage didn't stop his sexual exploits. He was a sex and pornography addict and a paraphiliac. And by 1985, he reunited with his childhood sweetheart, Catherine, who was more than willing to indulge in his fantasies and even add some of her own. Now for Catherine. Catherine Harrison was born on May 23, 1951. When she was just two years old, her mother died in childbirth and left her father to raise her alone. Unable to do so, he sent her to live with her maternal grandparents. When she was 12 years old, she met David Burney, and by the time she was 14, the two were in an ill-fated relationship. Her grandparents, from the beginning, disapproved of the pair. David was a troublemaker who spent time in and out of jail. This was not the boy her grandparents wanted her to fall for. But their disapproval, like most young couples, only made them stronger. However, at some point, Catherine herself ended up spending some time in prison, and this became her much-needed break from David. Encouraged by her parole officer that he was no good, she left David and began working as a housekeeper for the McLaughlin family, and by the age of 21, she married Donald McLaughlin. The pair, who seemed to be much more stable than she and David, had seven children together. Everything seemed to be going well until, quite suddenly, Catherine left Donald and their children to live with David. And though the two were never legally married, a name change helped Catherine McLaughlin become Catherine Burney. These two, together, became the sick and twisted couple responsible for the Morehouse murders. They spent a year devising the perfect plan to make all their sexual dreams come true. And on October 6th, 1986, they were ready to make those fantasies a reality. That was the day that 22-year-old psychology student at the University of Western Australia, Mary Nielsen, came to the Bernie's house after David offered to sell her some tires for cheap. 
Once inside, she was gagged, chained to the bed, and raped by David, while Catherine looked on in satisfaction. She was then taken to the Glen Eagles National Park, raped again, and then strangled with a nylon cord. Once dead, David proceeded to stab the woman, thinking that this would speed up the decomposition process, and then buried her in a shallow grave. From then on, the couple were hooked and would cruise around town looking for potential prey. When Catherine saw someone she liked, she would tell David that she, quote, had the munchies and point out her victim. If David agreed, he would simply state that he had the munchies, too. Over the course of five weeks, the Bernies murdered four women between the ages of 15 to 31 in their Morehouse home. Two weeks after Mary was killed, the pair abducted 15-year-old Susanna Candy as she hitchhiked along Sterling Highway. The minute she entered the car, she was held at knife point and had her hands tied together. They took her back to their home where she was gagged, chained to the bed, and raped. Once David was done, Catherine got into the bed with the pair and together, the couple continued to assault the young girl. Susanna's father was one of the top surgeons in Western Australia, and knowing he would come looking for his daughter, the Bernies forced her to send letters to them, assuring her safety. When they were done with Susanna, they tried to strangle her like they did with Mary, but she became hysterical. The Bernies then forced her to ingest sleeping pills to calm her down, and once unconscious, David put the cord to her neck and told Catherine to prove her undying love for him, which she willingly did. They then buried Susanna in a grave near Mary Nielsen. On November 1st, they saw 31-year-old Nolene Patterson stranded on the highway. Her car had run out of gas, and she was happy to accept the offer for a ride from the nice couple. But once she entered the car, she was immediately tied up. She knew her life was in danger. She was taken back to the Bernies' home and treated just like the previous two victims. However, when David decided to keep her prisoner longer than Catherine expected, she became worried that he was developing feelings for her. Catherine then gave her boyfriend the jealous ultimatum, kill Nolene or she would kill herself. There was no question and he chose Catherine. He forced Nolene to overdose on sleeping pills and strangled her while she slept. On November 5th, the couple abducted 21-year-old Denise Brown as she waited at the bus stop. She accepted a ride from them and was quickly held at knife point and taken back to the house. After raping her at home, the couple took her to a forest near Wanneroo Pine Plantation. She was raped in the car while they waited for darkness. Once night fell, they dragged Denise from the car, raped her one last time, and then stabbed the girl in the neck. Assuming she was dead, they started to bury her. They were shocked when she sat up in her grave, so David grabbed an axe, struck her in the head twice, killing her. Next to fall prey to the Bernies was a 17-year-old girl named Kate Moyer on November 9th, 1986. What they didn't know was that she would ultimately be their downfall. She was abducted and held like those before her, raped and forced to do things like dance for the couple. But on the following day, when David left for work and Catherine went to carry out a drug deal, Both forgot to chain Kate back to the bed. She was able to climb through the glass window and escape. She frantically knocked on neighbors' doors, and none answered, and even jumped over a gate and was attacked by a dog. It wasn't until she ran to a vacuum shop and the owner called police that she knew she was safe. Police were skeptical of the story, 
but Kate informed them that the couple had watched Rocky just before she escaped and that she'd hidden a drawing within the home to prove she was there. When police checked the home, Rocky was still in the VCR and the photo was exactly where Kate left it. The Bernies were arrested and both gave totally different stories. David claimed that Kate came home willingly to have sex, while Catherine claimed that she never saw the woman. At some point, detectives were able to convince David to give the locations of the other bodies, and the killer couple was charged with the four murders. David pleaded guilty, and when asked why he did so, he gestured towards the victim's families and said, It's the least I could do. He was sentenced to four terms of life imprisonment. Catherine was given the same sentence, and both were required to serve at least 20 years before parole could even be considered. On October 7, 2005, David Burney was found dead inside of his cell. An inquiry stated that he hanged himself with a cord and the air vent inside of his cell. He was 54 years old, and Catherine was not allowed to attend his funeral. On top of the four women whose lives were tragically ended by David and Catherine Burney, there is speculation that they were responsible for the May disappearance of Cheryl Renwick and June disappearance of Barbara Western. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on May 24th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.